0: I remembered something I'd once read, that a representative owes the people not only his industry, but his judgment. And he betrays them if he sacrifices it to their opinion. That was written by Edmund Burke, a member of the British Parliament.
1: Now, everybody is sad when their side loses an election. But the day after, We have to remember that we're actually all on one team. This is an intramural scrimmage. We're not Democrats first. We're not Republicans first. We are Americans first. I congratulated Donald Trump and offered to work with
2: him on behalf of our country. I hope that he will be a successful president for all Americans.
0: hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their
2: creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
0: That humility is not a sign of weakness, and sincerity is always subject to prove. Let us never negotiate out of fear but let us never fear to negotiate. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man. Now it's time. For America to bind the wounds of division, have to get together. To all Republicans and Democrats and independents across this nation, I say it is time for us to come together as one united people. It's time. I pledge to every citizen of our land That I will be president for all Americans, and this is so important to me. For those who have chosen not to support me in the past, of which there were a few people, I'm reaching out to you for your guidance and your help so that we can work together and unify our great country.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Fritz FritzCast. Uh, obviously, nothing nothing short of shocking this past week, entirely shocking. Decided to open with my special monthly opening. I can't remember the last time I opened with it, but you'll note that uh, there's quotes in there. Sorry for the bouncing in the background. You'll notice there's quotes in there from President Obama and... Uh, Former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton uh, offering visions of the future, working with President Elect Donald Trump. Which, wow, those are those are words that I thought I would never be saying. President Elect Donald Trump, but we're gonna get on. We're gonna get into all that in a minute. How is everybody doing for real? For real, for real. Let's put rhetoric aside. Let's put politics aside for a minute. How's everybody doing on an actual feel good, you know, about yourself level? Because we're going to we're going to cover everything that's going on. We are. Let's just take a couple minutes and focus and realize that hey, we all woke up today. We're all breathing. We're not dead. Our rights haven't magically been taken away. Uh, it's been almost a full week since President elect Donald Trump, and the world has not burned to a crisp. That's number one. All right, number two, there was a super moon last night, and that happened under a Donald Trump presidency. Well, President elect. Donald Trump not not under his presidency but isn't that surprising at the super moon huge the huge moon comes out after uh a man squeaks in and wins an election uh not by a popular vote landslide but definitely by an electoral vote landslide We're going to talk about that too trust me because that's the it's so ridiculous man it is so ridiculous all around. We're gonna cover all that. Uh, Tuesday, I made the mistake of sitting down and watching the election coverage from about, from about 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time all the way up until about one o'clock in the morning, which is ridiculous. I said I wasn't gonna do it, and I did it. I watched NBC coverage. I had uh, the Blaze was offering their television coverage uh, live through Facebook streaming, so I had that streaming on a tablet for more than half the time and that had Glenn Beck and every everybody that he has on his staffing in there going over just going over the results i mean not biased coverage by any sense of the imagination and anybody who wants to say oh the blaze is super conservative and and uh biased and all that not 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 so much he has attacked Donald Trump just as much as he has attacked Hillary Clinton maybe even to a lesser extent, attacking Hillary Clinton. Uh, But that that, that is where it is. That is where it is. So Tuesday I did that, and I, I regret it wholeheartedly, except for watching the news reaction just going, this is impossible, this is impossible, and it's too close to call, it's too close to call. They kept saying that as the electoral votes just piled on for Donald Trump, as he cloud ahead of Hillary Clinton And if you want to talk about biased media coverage I mean they're there They're making money obviously off of it And that was like their Super Bowl So keep viewers attached Tell them it's too close to call Even though it wasn't really too close to call That's how it drug out until 3 o'clock in the morning And some ridiculous people stayed up till 3 o'clock in the morning I did not, I passed out after I went back to the bedroom, I turned to NBC streaming on the iPad and I passed out because I was like, Donald Trump's won this stuff and there's nothing to watch anymore. They're just dragging it out for ratings. Other than that, I mean, other than that, the last week has been rather uneventful, really. For real, even on a personal level. Uh, I've got a, I've got a Roku TV now, a 4K Roku TV. I can't really, I need to play around with that a little bit before I give you my... Thoughts on it, but my initial thoughts are, are, my initial thoughts are, whoa, 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 and a good whoa. But I'll get more into the story about how that came about some other time, some other time, some other place. It is, guys, it's Monday. I forgot to, I'm all discombobulated today. How can one not be considering what has happened, right? It is Monday, November 14th. 2016, you guys are way, uh, way nutty with the Christmas stuff already. let us I mean, can we tone it down? I will say this. My sister put up her Christmas stuff because uh, she wants to feel good. She wants to just, you know, all this craziness going on, she started putting up her Christmas stuff at home to, give her, to get her in a good spirits of sorts. She wants to enjoy the Christmas season that's upcoming so she's getting in the mood early. I can kind of understand that. I still hate the fact that if I go into Wawa, Sidebar For anybody listening across the nation that doesn't know what Wawa is uh, Wawa is probably the best, God's greatest gift to earth And it is contained to the Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware And oddly enough, counties in Florida That's the only place where Wawa is Why is it in Florida, you may be asking? It's because all the old people from Delaware, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey Moved down to Florida, retire, and miss Wawa so much That they demanded Wawa come down there Essentially, is that, is that that's what happened? Essentially, but Wawa has Christmas cups out already, or should I say, holiday cups? To not step on people's very very sensitive toes nowadays, so I'll call it holiday cups. So that way, I'm not screwing over anybody else, even though it's it's the freaking Christmas season. It's what dominates it, but and that's and that's also beside the point because we could talk about how Christmas and commercialized Christmas has lost all meaning from christianity christmas but that that's again i don't want to step on people's very sensitive toes and make them cry about stuff you know who i'm talking about the type that won't be satisfied until they're called winter season cups or something along those lines crazy craziness enough enough already let's just get right down to business uh a lot of people who know me uh, a lot of my friends colleagues uh even family have been asking me ever since the results of the election came out how I feel about it and that encompasses all the th- all the stuff that's going on we have uh you know for instance we have people now it's the blame game the blame game is going on hardcore right now and it started it started Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning when the Electoral College was swinging Donald Trump's way, I saw friends, colleagues, family. I saw people flocking on Facebook from all facets of my life uh, going to the blame game first and foremost. Uh, these, I saw things pointing out people who voted for third-party candidates saying that they were to blame for this. I saw racism sexism, misogyny, all being blamed on this. I saw posts about how people were so surprised that America was this racist, this sexist, this this whatever. Uh, I saw people blaming Gary Johnson, blaming Jill Stein, blaming the people that voted for them, uh, blaming uh, the media, blaming the FBI, blaming James Comey, blaming everybody except... for some odd reason, not blaming... The Democratic National Committee. Let's start. Let's let's start with some basics, right off the bat, and I want to start right now with uh, the current vote tallies and such. And in case anybody was wondering, they're still getting tallied up as we speak. It it changes constantly. As the votes still get tallied up, as things still get tallied up. Obviously, right now, it stands that Donald Trump with 290 electoral votes, 270 to win, and Clinton sits at 228 electoral votes. Therefore, obviously, your winner is Donald Trump, off of that basis alone. Uh, If we go by popular vote, Donald Trump has 47% of the popular vote. Hillary Clinton has 48% of the popular vote. Gary Johnson, 3%. Jill Stein, 1%. And other candidates, 0.7%. Let me give you the numbers breakdown of that. We'll go in order of who has the popular vote. I'm not going to say who won the popular vote. Winning the popular vote doesn't matter. Hillary Clinton at 48% has 61,039,676 votes. This is from Google. Last updated uh, right now, it's 930. So this will again be updated again. These numbers will change. Donald Trump, 60,371,193 votes. Gary Johnson uh, at 3% nationally. Unfortunately, did not make that 5%. But at 3% nationally, garnered 4,167,740 votes. And Jill Steen, or Stein, however you want to pronounce it, the Green Party captures 1,257,724 votes. So let's just for a minute here Anybody that wants to blame Gary Johnson, Jill Stein, or those voters, Uh, break those 4 million, you could say 5 million, maybe 5.5 million voters. You could split them evenly between Donald Trump and Clinton because neither one of them owned those votes. Neither one of them owned those votes. You could so split them evenly between the two, and you still have, guess what, you still have at the end of the day, believe it or not, you still have this gridlock that's in there. You don't even have 1 million full votes between these two. And even if you did, we're not talking about... There's no mandates here. There's no mandates for any of these candidates whatsoever. We are talking right now with these current numbers, and as I said, they will change. But these current numbers, you have a difference of 668,483 votes. Six hundred. And 68,000 people more voted for Hillary Clinton. It's not a mandate. It's not a mandate for Hillary Clinton as president. What, this, what all these numbers should tell anybody, any smart person, analyzing these numbers. First off, smart people don't play the blame game. They don't uh, pin it on other voters. They don't pin it on anything else other than the facts of how it falls. Say we went by popular vote, well guess what? You still have half of the nation quote unquote alienated because they didn't go that route. So your argument against the electoral college is is simply that because 600,000 of you voted for Hillary Clinton, that we would be better off with a Clinton presidency because that would be the, that would be serving the, the people. That would be actually be serving the people. No. No, look at these numbers. 61 million, just cracked 61 million, and you have Trump at 60 and, you know, closer to a half than not, if we want to round it up. You have gridlock. You have gridlock, is what you have. And America is unwilling to realize this. America's unwilling to, America's really unwilling to compromise anymore. You have to be a Republican. You have to be a Democrat. You have to be a conservative. You have to be a liberal. You have to be one of these main two. And if you're not, if you're outside on the fringe, if you're doing any kind of picking and choosing from both, you're the one getting saddled with the blame. And how? I was one of four million people who voted for Gary Johnson proudly. Proudly, go ahead and tell me I wasted my vote and put Donald Trump in that seat because I didn't. I voted against it. And anybody wanting to say Gary Johnson, for example, somehow contributed to Hillary Clinton not winning, he probably took more voters from Donald Trump than Clinton. Probably. And again, votes aren't owned. They are earned. You have to earn people's votes. They're not owned. They're not bought and sold. Maybe some of them are. Maybe some people undervalue what it is they're doing with their vote. Maybe some people don't think about what they're doing with that vote. That's my argument. you have such a such a divide right now think about this you have protests riots demonstrations going on right now against Donald Trump against the leader that well whether you like it or not more than half of the voters chose and just because they chose him doesn't make them little racist little misogynist Little statists, isolationists—you know—it it doesn't—it doesn't doesn't do anything that of that nature. That's all name calling. That's all name calling, and it plays into a divide that uh, that doesn't help any of us out. Not a single one. Not in the slightest. I don't think people listened to President Obama when he gave his speech after these results came out, after Hillary Clinton gave her concession speech. I don't think people listened to Hillary Clinton's concession speech. I don't think they really listened to it. And I don't think people really listened to Donald Trump's acceptance speech. Although, I can argue that hearing Donald Trump speak it might have two meanings or it might not have any meaning underlying with it at all you had the democratic nominee saying it's time to move forward and work with him to make things right you have president obama saying it's time to make sure that his transition into the white house is professional and that we get behind him and hope for the best Now, everybody everybody that's protesting, I'm not gonna belittle people for protesting. I'm not going to name call. I'm not gonna call them whiny cry baby little snowflake millennial liberals. I'm not gonna do that. Because it doesn't I how can I appeal to them if I'm if I'm just up here spitting all over them? That's what that that's what the name calling is. You're essentially just spitting on people. And vice versa A lot of people protesting Are protesting And burning flags And stomping on things And breaking windows And doors And burning things up And they're doing it To get noticed And piss people off And be heard Let's say this Protesting is Protesting is one thing Protesting is actually a, A constitutionally Defended Right Of the people If it's peaceable organization, if it's not disrupting if it's not disrupting things, if it's not violent, if it's not causing property damage, if it doesn't involve crimes with it and let's start calling crime what crime is. Rioting is crime. Breaking other people's stuff is crime. If somebody's out there burning an American flag that they bought, I could care less. I love that flag. But Somebody bought it and burned it Whatever Is right I think it's despicable I think it doesn't get anything done And I think that you're doing it Specifically To piss off people Who have Very high emotional investment Into those flags That much I'll say is true too But the minute that you cross from peaceably assembling and protesting to breaking cars, breaking windows, breaking other people's stuff, you are violating other people's rights and liberties. And just for the record, even if your liberties and rights have been trampled on by others, that doesn't mean that you can randomly do it to other people's. It doesn't justify it. It doesn't give you the right to do it you got to be the better person. Now, I get it. There's people out there that are genuinely afraid of Donald Trump because he's going to be the president of the United States. There are members of the LGBTQ, I believe is the correct acronym now, there's members of that community that are afraid that their gay marriages could go up in flames because of reversing decisions. Despite the fact that not once in during Donald Trump's campaign did I ever hear him say ever one thing against lesbians, gays, bisexuals, transgenders, queers, whatever. Never once heard him say anything. And, unfortunately, I can't heavily comment on his 60 Minutes interview the other day. From yesterday? Because I haven't listened to it yet. That's my plans to do after I'm done the podcast today. But he's already even stated that it's been settled in Supreme Court and doesn't need to be revisited. So why any LBGTQ would be freaking out, I don't know. might have something to do with the fact that the Democratic Party holds a monopoly on that... uh, on that segment of the population. Like they're the only ones that can represent them. Because they're not. Not by a long shot. I could I could pull out a laundry list of audio of Hillary Clinton speaking against gay marriage. I mean we can say all we want. She doesn't now. She doesn't now. It's different times now. But I, I believe it was either last episode. I think it was last episode. Where I talked about how... We segment the population into categories and groups and and they focus on locking up those votes and when you do that, you end up pandering to that group to make sure that they don't go astray from you and I think that I think that happens I think this is a a prime example of how that happens. you have them freaking out you have people freaking out over health care which Time and again, I I say that the focus on health care is totally in the wrong place. I think the focus is in the wrong area about how the government has to be at the forefront of, of driving these conversations and have their hands deep into it. You got people freaking out about women's rights and the regression and... Here's the thing, though. And, and you have people fearing racism, too. You have people fearing racism. <clears throat> you have so many divides in the country. And a lot of this fear stems from... A lot of the fear stems from, uh, I heard, friends and and, and the like. I, I've seen this posted on the internet. Oh, they have a Republican-controlled Congress and senate. And again it's so divide like it, it, it's a divide it's a divisive game right from the start. I hear people say the word Republican like it's some kind of a disease like everybody is generalized into a category. Why? There's Republicans that want the core of government to be limited to expand on your freedom. I'll argue that point later. But everybody's saying, Republican-controlled Congress and Senate, Donald Trump has a blank check. Were you people even paying attention during the whole campaign? Were you paying attention? Donald Trump does not have a blank check from Congress. Okay? He doesn't have a blank check from the House of Representatives or the Senate. A lot of those Republicans that were elected either rescinded or never gave their endorsement of Donald Trump. The man is hardly even a Republican at his core. You've already had him backtrack on statements. The wall, backtracked on. The whole Muslim thing, backtracked on. completely gutting and removing the ACA backtracked on. And if you think that the Congress and the Senate is just going to play ball with him, a lot of them like I said were we're we're against him. And a lot of the people that I listen to, a lot of the a lot of the representatives and in Congress and the Senate that I like. They're the ones that would tell you that you need to limit powers. I want to play you the soundbite from a podcaster that I listen to. It's Jason Stapleton. Jason Stapleton runs the the Jason Stapleton program. And he's a libertarian, and in my newfound libertarian positioning on politics and life in general in the world, this is, you're going to hear why I decided to become a libertarian. So let me play the clip for you, let's listen to it, and then let's talk about what's in there.
1: Two progressives, this is what I would say. i say, listen, you're not scared of Trump. You're really not. I mean, Trump's been on this earth for 70 years. And other than a general distaste for him, no one ever feared for their life because Trump walked the earth. He could do whatever he wanted because it really didn't affect your life. He had no control over you. So whatever he was involved with, whatever game he was running, it didn't affect your life at all. He may have been a despicable person, but there was no need for you to fear him. What you fear is the power that he now wields. Republicans felt the same way eight years ago, by the way, after Obama was elected. And for them, it was gun rights and religious persecution, wasn't it? We all remember the gun gathered 300 percent, called all of us bitter clippers. called us crazy right-wing conspiracy theorists, right? It's kind of funny when the shoe's on the other foot. You start to oh, yeah, <laughs> no, I was kind of that way. I bought a gun. Those of you on the progressive left fear Trump because he is going to have control over you. He has the power to affect your personal life and the lives of those that you love. And he has threatened to use that power in a way that you find unthinkable. But let me ask you a very simple question. What if government had no power over your personal life? What if Donald Trump could make all the threats that he wanted, but he had no means to act on his evil desires? You see, everyone loves the benevolent dictator or even the brutal one, as long as his wrath is pointed in the other direction. We are far too quick to relinquish our freedoms and our liberties on the promise that our benevolent leaders will crush our opposition. But every power used to control our political and social enemies can also be used to control us. Progressives cheered Obama when he used his unilateral power of executive orders to fast-track a left-wing agenda, circumventing our system of checks and balances. It's okay, they said. Screw the other side. They just hate fill-in-the-blank. They just want to hold back progress but now that same power rests in the hands of a man who may use it to persecute them it's scary it really is now listen to me this is important the liberties the liberties we trade for security the powers we grant government are never returned we as a people must be village, vigilant in ensuring that we are not tricked into trading away our individual liberties for the promise of a benevolent government because one day that government may turn tyrannical so i would like to make a plea to every american whether you woke up yesterday with a renewed sense of hope or one of deep despair if we want to ensure that our elected officials never have the power to persecute those they serve we must work together to limit the size of government and the power our officials wield. As libertarians, we believe the government has no business telling you what you can buy, who you can love, or who you can associate with. Our philosophy is simple and just. We don't hurt people, and we don't take their stuff. If you believe in those ideas, even in principle, then you might consider looking a little deeper into what we believe. I think you'll find a vision of a world that you'd like to live in, regardless of your political leanings. I'll think you, I think you'll find that we have far more that unites us than divides us. Would you like to hear more?
2: Sorry for the hiccups <clears throat> at the beginning of that audio. That was from the Jason Stapleton program, Jason Stapleton. He's quickly becoming an inspiration of mine. For uh, his very different level-headed approach. It's the same approach that I take to politics nowadays. If you go check out his uh, podcast, his show, which I encourage you to do, you can watch it live on his Facebook page. You can download the podcast audio after he goes live on Facebook with it. Uh, he's He's a very interesting guy. Very different perspective than... You hear most of the time. And I want to echo that sentiment that he says there. Those that believe in principle, maybe even in principle alone, that the government shouldn't tell you who you can love, who who you can associate with, how to spend your money, what you can buy, that type of thing. Maybe it is time to look our, our way. Now, to me now, everybody that said... You know, oh, you third-party people, you, you don't you don't get it, or you'll never work out. Uh, you know, you, you you're too you're too pro-freedom. I think now they're starting to say maybe they had a point with that whole limited government thing, because I think he's right. Nobody actually fears Donald Trump. He's been around for as many years, and nothing bad has happened to you as people. It's the fact that he's in a position that has power, or at least that you associate with a lot of power, and you fear that. And that's why so many people were against executive orders from President Obama, against uh, executive orders from President Bush, against the idea and concept of executive orders where you can bypass systems and just put things into play. He's right. We have this system of checks and balances and the thing is is that the government becomes so massive, so involved in every little thing that it becomes too powerful, too corrupt doesn't actually set out to accomplish the things that it was initially set up for. What was the government set up for? Establishing some very basic things and that comes into a debate of what is a human right. Now that's, in the debate, that's a debate that us libertarians and you progressives are going to have for a while. Because when we start talking about health care and health insurance as a right, as a basic human right, we have different philosophies on that. We do. I've found more often than not as we, as we move along I found a lot of people a lot of people really don't care about gay marriage in the sense that they want it you know criminalized or made illegal again. uh I found how people were misinterpreting other people's wording on it. It was Penn Gillette that taught me that a lot of people think government shouldn't be involved in marriage period. It shouldn't be a government entity. It shouldn't be a perks system. And therefore, if, if gays get married, who cares? And if straights get married, who cares? If interracial couples get married, who cares? That's just like one of those examples. Now to say that people didn't protest when Obama became president that's ridiculous they did. There was a whole Tea Party movement against President Obama. It was just over different things. It was over guns, religious liberties, that things of that nature. <clears throat> now what's taken to the streets? Watch some of the protest videos because obviously there's some people protesting for legitimate fear and concern. There's people protesting for the, just protesting for the sake of protesting. Protesting to me in this this era Go back and look at history Look at the history of warfare In this country How many times have we seen it in movies Read it in old journals We've read these people Who went off to war Who signed up to go to war Because they were bored at home And there was nothing better to do And everybody else was just going to war To me it seems like millennials Do that with protesting A lot of them, them it would seem, want to be a part of some group effort. There's nothing to do at home. There's nothing to do around town. So let's get together, put some stuff on some signs, hashtag some stuff, block roadways, and get on the news. That's the thing to do nowadays. I'm not trying to take away from the legitimacy of people protesting. I'm not trying to undermine people's fears. I'm not trying to erase those fears either. Because there are legitimate concerns with Donald Trump. Obviously, obviously, people are expecting me to do an Eat My Words episode sponsored by my brother, Punk. And that that's coming. Me and him need to get together and he needs to sponsor this shit. Pardon my French. But I figured it wouldn't be good to do that episode right off the bat because there's legitimate concerns. People are up in arms over it. Uh, we don't have the best moral figure sitting in the presidency, but in case you guys haven't noticed, go back and look at our presidents. They're not gods. A lot of them have controversial issues surrounding them. Perhaps Donald Trump may be the worst of it. I don't know, though. What I do know is that I don't see anybody trying to come together. I don't see anybody really trying to focus on the problems, and I hope maybe my voice can be one of the ones that help wake people up. Because no matter how you slice it, you can blame the Electoral College, and I've been working on an episode for it. I wasn't entirely sure I wanted to do it before the election, decided not to. And I don't want to do it in the immediate aftermath of the election either. I want things to calm down, and then we can actually have a discussion about it. Because right now, you have one side who won the popular vote and says the voice of the people is not being heard. And you have a whole other side saying the Electoral College is in place to ensure that everybody has an equal say. Nobody in California can dictate what the entire nation's doing. Then you have people like me who are saying, you know what, maybe both of you are right. Because the popular vote one for one obviously doesn't fix anything. We're still in a gridlock 50-50 split between two parties. And yes, duopoly is a big part of this. Duopoly is playing a big role in keeping us divided two and two. Because you're not allowed to pick and choose. You're not allowed to say... You're not allowed to say, Oh, I believe in gay marriage. I believe in uh, LGBTQ rights. Uh, I believe in... You know, you can't say you believe in those things. But then also say the nation needs to control its spending. God forbid that you bring up a conservative principle into this in into this talk over here. God forbid you do that. God forbid you talk about limited government because then everybody will be getting squandered over. Everybody's afraid of you know everybody's afraid of big business. Big business is gonna screw us screw us all over. Big business needs to be reined in and in all that talk of it, everybody seems to be blind to the fact that you just made a very big government that is very involved in business. And that scares me. The more that America likes the government more involved, bigger, better, stronger, faster, the more I fear the crushing of liberty. Because you have blown up government so big, so massive, and guess what? It's a business. And guess what? All those fears you have of a big unrestrained business comes with your government because we're not focusing on the right areas right now. We really aren't. Remember how I said the podcast doesn't stop or, or the politics don't stop on the podcast? That this has only just begun? Future episodes are going to focus on other topics and it is going to bounce between politics spirituality, education. It's going to bounce around a lot of stuff, history, but uh still got a lot of political ground that we can dive into. Still have a lot of political ground because we're too divided. We're too divided. If I can if I can close out this podcast right now by making a call right now. It would be that America needs to wake up. And by wake up, I mean... you have to start realizing that A, government is way too big. Government, especially on the federal level, is way too big. It's way too wasteful. And it is not representing you. It's not protecting your rights. Look, we have a constitution, and people don't like to hear... Taking basics back to the Constitution because it's an old document. Yes, we can amend it. Yes, we can We can do things. We can change things. We can change the Electoral College if we want. Those are all things that we can explore and we will explore throughout this podcast. And I hope to get other voices out there. I hope to get you guys involved. I hope to have people being able to call me. And we can have debates over this. We can We can have pros and cons over this if we want but something like the constitution stop under stop undermining the importance of the constitution because part of the core of the constitution is to protect certain rights of yours that are unalienable what does that mean it means that they don't come from government they don't come from people they come from quote God, or nature, whatever you want to say. These are rights that are just that simply just are. And they should never be violated. And among those rights, you heard it, you hear it in my special intro when I play it. When I bring it out on special occasions, you hear it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So start asking yourself these questions. What are you voting for in your government officials? And at their core, are they defending life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Because if you're voting on something... If you're looking at politics and you're going for something that violates somebody's right to life, liberty or pursuit of happiness, I'm not a, I'm I'm not sorry to tell you, you are wrong. Very, very wrong. This is part of the reason why I switched to being politically independent. And then ultimately found a party that kind of lines itself up with that. Tries to line itself up with that first. So people, we can either be divided. We can either be divided, call each other names, protest out in the street, and act like little children. Because that's what I'm getting out of most of this. And from both sides. I'm saying the name calling on both sides. Or we can come together as people and realize that, you know, for a really long time we've been screwing this government business up. Limited government really isn't a bad idea. Because then you don't have groups of people talking about how they could possibly be alienated or discriminated against. That That's my idea. I I, I want you to think about that. If I could give you some podcasts to check out, I would say Jason Stapleton's, the clip that I just shared with you. Another one I would say is Common Sense with Dan Carlin. Start there. Start checking that out. And then start checking out John Stossel. Start checking out all these people that say either they're libertarian or they're outsiders to the two spectrums that seem to be dominating everything. Because to me, these are the people that are trying to break us away from the divide. And the divide right now is winning. And if you remember what Abraham Lincoln said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. That's going to do it for me for this week, guys. I know this episode wasn't along the funnier side and sometimes they're not going to be on the funnier side sometimes they need to be serious and this is one of those times that we needed to really be serious and focus on how we're getting everything wrong and not just one side but both sides to me we have president-elect Donald Trump it's time to start moving forward and hope that he does the best that he can for us let's see where we go I want to hear your thoughts Please like, share this comment. Thank you, good night. This has
0: been FritzCast. The, the governor debate. Well, I guess
2: the gubernatorial debate, which is the dumbest word on the face of the planet. Gubernatorial. Dumb. The, the gubernatorial debate and the House candidates debate. I had to go digging for that. I had to go digging on some website from University of Delaware because Delaware doesn't have a news channel. Delaware relies on 6ABC, pretty much Philly, the tri-state area. Is is what Delaware falls under. Uh, except if you go down south. But I had to go digging for the video for the gubernatorial debate and the and the congressional debate, the House debate, to uh to, to watch it. And there was only one. They were both about fifty minutes to an hour long. Uh and they were both insanely restricted on time. Uh and I'm like, why? How is it that restricted on time for a governor's debate that's not on a freaking public network? It's not on TV. And I had to go digging for it. It's on C-SPAN now. You can watch it on C-SPAN. I had to go digging before it popped up, before I could find it. And that's a sad state of, of Delaware politics. Every Everything else is only what you can read and Delaware's major newspaper the news journal is trash it's garbage Delaware's news journal is insanely biased insanely biased and it's being bought out by USA today it's almost going entirely to USA today ownership so it's not even really a local thing anymore it's not it's not that hometown newspaper to read anymore, but it's the leading one in Delaware. But it's trash. It is garbage. It is not even worth toilet paper at this point. And I had to go I had to go digging around. I had to go around to figure out who Colin Benini was, who John Carney was, and John Carney is pretty much just the disenfranchised loser against current governor Jack Markel. Jack Markel took the party's nomination And said, hey, Carney, take a back seat. I'll give you some jobs. And now it's the curtail thing again. It's let's set things up for Carney to take over. No, I don't want Carney. I don't want this leadership because Delaware has been stale and stagnant for far too long. Far too long. And it's such a buddy-buddy political system. The only people that get voted for are the known names. Are the known names. People won't even put a thought in the vote. They'll just wait for Biden to show up. They'll just wait for Joe Biden to show up and say, hey, you should vote for these people because I like them. And half of Delaware will go along with that. They'll just say, that's what Joe Biden said, and he's vice president. He should he, I guess he knows. They won't even put thought into it. Maybe there'll be surprising results this year because one of the highlights, one of the highlight moments in the debate, in the Delaware debate, was when Colin Benini, the Republican, when he got up... And they were asked questions about marijuana legalization. It was the Republican. It was Colin Benini who said, uh, yeah, it's working out in these other states and we should just legalize it. And Carney, Carney, the Democrat Carney said, no, nah. no, nah, we should see how it works out in these other states first. You know, we can be a follower. John Carney, what I got from out of that debate, especially at that point, John Carney said Delaware should be a follower. Delaware should sit back and see how other people do things and then copy it. That's not the kind of leadership that I want in Delaware. I don't want Delaware to fall back and be a follower. We're the first state. We were the first to ratify the Constitution. We didn't sit around and wait to see if everybody else was going to do it. We were the first to do it. I didn't like John Carney's answer. And I didn't like his attitude during it because it seemed to me like, Carney was a guy who was stuck doing a debate. Like, he was like, I gotta do this out of formality. I gotta do this to make it look like we're doing something. Colin Benini, at least, was enthusiastic when he got up there, and he does have a point. Delaware has been under Democratic leadership, I think, since, like, 1992. And it seems like Delaware just has increasingly more problems, especially with its budget. But he was right. And he did put focus on Wilmington. He did put focus on some of the bigger issues that Delaware needs to tackle. So maybe I'll vote for him. Maybe. not going to dive into who I'm voting for on the state, local levels. But Delaware, to me, garbage job of promoting the options. Garbage job of getting the information out there. And... Some of that might lie in the candidates. The Republican Party in Delaware, I'll say, and I can say it because I'm not associated with them anymore, terribly disorganized, doesn't spend the money that they need to spend to promote their ideas and their their goals. Probably because they think Newcastle County runs the state. It doesn't. It does have the higher population of the other two counties, but it doesn't run the state. So you don't take a step back and not try to win people over. You have to aggressively campaign, you have to aggressively promote, you have to get quality candidates to do it. But I felt I felt so almost lost having to dig for this information, not having it readily available because the apparently the presidency is more important than anything else. And it's not people. That's the final point of the podcast today. It's not the end of the world on Tuesday, on tomorrow when we vote. It's not the end of the world. If Donald Trump wins, we're not all doomed. If Hillary Clinton wins, we're not all doomed. I know I've been saying that, and it's in fact a fact and true that we are doomed. We're not. We're not doomed. But I'm tired of seeing everybody saying, I just want it to be over. I want Election Day to come and go so we can be past this. This is far from over, people. Far from over. This is just the beginning. Because we have four years to get through. I will make this bold prediction right now. These two candidates, they're one-term presidents. Period. The end. Both parties will allow them to be primaried. That's if they even bother to run again. But both parties will gladly, gladly let them be primaried in four years. I can see it now. The Republican Party is pretty much already fractured and broken at this point. Not that that is a bad thing. The Republican Party did in fact need a wake-up call. It needed a wake-up call and it needed to to evolve. And it is evolving right now. Thanks in part to Donald Trump. It's just that Donald Trump wants to evolve it in the wrong way. In the very wrong way. This is the point where true conservative principled people will have to decide it's either going to be a very picky choosy party or you get out of the current setup of it and go for something new. I think you're going to see a lot of dynamic things. If I can make some bold predictions about uh, the election coming up. I think... Let me stop before I get ahead of myself. But the Republican Party... The GOP, it's going to have to go through an evolution of sorts. And it's its its telling whether it'll be an easy transition or a rough transition and whether or not it'll actually be under the GOP banner or if it'll be some through some other means. It'll be very interesting, to say the least. Now, if I can make some bold predictions for the election coming up, mind you, these aren't necessarily what I want to happen. Uh... If anything, I would say I'd want Gary Johnson to magically win it all, and we'd all be fine. But, barring a miracle, that's not going to happen. So I hope for his 5% winning for the benefits for the Libertarian Party. Do I think he's going to get to 5%? I don't know. Because one of the other big failings of Gary Johnson, and I should have said this when I was talking about them. Sorry, it's my scrambled mind and how it works. Evan McMullen has been more effective in trying to lock up and secure one state, Utah, namely. Evan McMullen has been more effective at trying to secure one state and pulling better in one state than Gary Johnson has nationwide. And in about half the amount of time as Gary Johnson. That's sad. That is sad. But, bold predictions. Bold predictions. Gary Johnson gets the 5%. He just cracks 5% of the national vote. That unlocks federal funding, but it also shows, oh my God, people actually like the fringe candidates. Bold prediction number two. We have a repeat of the 2000 election. Donald Trump will win the popular vote whether it's by a couple percentage points or not I don't know but Donald Trump will secure the popular vote but Hillary Clinton will win the Electoral College Hillary Clinton will secure the 270 she will she will win that because she did it strategically she went on a good ground game and Donald Trump Hasn't done it on a good ground game. Donald Trump has done it on a generalized approach. Now, mind you, again, get over your biases. Get over some of the other things you got going on. I do not want either of these individuals to win. Pretty much equally. I don't have a preference to either one. I do not like both of them. I think both of them will drag this nation in the wrong direction. My bold prediction is just what I think is going to happen. It's not whether or not I agree with it or want it to happen. I think Hillary Clinton gets the electoral votes that she needs. And I would rather Evan McMullen win Utah and affect a block. Bold prediction number three Evan McMullen squeaks by and steals Utah and gets the electoral votes it doesn't make the block happen but he gets electoral votes which is unprecedented for an independent candidate to do if he doesn't if he doesn't win because this Trump's uh, right now Trump 538 still gives Trump an 84.4% chance at winning Utah gives McMullen a 12.4 chance let's say this if he doesn't win electoral votes if he doesn't win Utah which is unprecedented let's say that it's unprecedented and is most likely not going to happen he's he's still probably going to take a large chunk of votes in Utah and it's going to not look so hot if Mc, if McMullen does that he if McMullen does that if he takes a large chunk of votes but doesn't win Trump takes Utah and I'm, really, I'm interested to see how the electoral fight plays out. Because it's either going to highlight the fact that you need to strategically approach how you're going to sweep up electoral votes versus how popular you are and how, how the general consensus of you is. All that being said, my brother Punk, of course, texted me the other day over the weekend... Which I've, you know, it's been a weekend to myself. It hasn't been that bad. It's been pretty pretty laid back and chill. If you know what I mean. He sent me a text message. And I'm going to pull it up. Give me one second here. Here it goes. Friday, sends me a text message. Care for a friendly wager. Me. Oh, Lord, here we go. Him. If Trump wins, you buy me a six-pack of Old Dominion Double D IPA. And you do the Eat My Words podcast show. If you don't remember, a couple of episodes back. Uh, I, I read text messages between me and Punk. And he said, you're going to do an Eat My Words episode when Trump wins. We all know Punk at this point on the show. Lovely cast of characters we have here. Punk's for Trump. Uh, by the way, shockingly, Loy. Remember Loy? Legacy of Loy, LOL. He's for Trump. He's for Trump, too. Not surprised because Loy is a giant douchebag. Yeah, we're in that part of the show now. We're nothing serious anymore. Loy, you're a douchebag. You probably haven't listened. You're probably not even listening right now. I'm going to have Loy on the show eventually. Here we go. Uh, So he said, that Eat My Words podcast episode that will be presented by Punk. I'm already working on the audio for it because Trump very likely couldn't win the election. It's crazy, right? Um, I said, okay. Give me till tomorrow to figure it out. I'll find a counteroffer for this, you know, debate. Or for this bet. I said, okay, I accept. Should Hillary win, which we all lose, you'll owe me a six-pack of Old Dominion barrel stout and whatever you classify as a decent cigar. Done, he said. Then I posted him the sweet meteor of death 2016 picture because that is the only way we all win. Sweet meteor of death. I'm switching my vote from Gary Johnson to sweet meteor of death. Somber play-out music for today. This, this is it for the show. It's been a lovely edition of FritzCast. I hope I packed a lot of information, a lot of perspective in here for you people. Uh, why the somber music? I don't know. I wanted to switch things up. But I do want to say this for all you people out there. I'm not one to... I'm not going to be this guy that says go out and rock the vote. Um, I'm going to say you should have informed yourself up to this point. If you haven't informed yourself up to this point on the election, I'm not going to be that guy that encourages you to go out and vote anyway. Figure out what candidates line up with your principles, with uh, with your idea of where the nation should go, What uh, what you think is best for this nation. And that that goes from the top of the ticket from president all the way down uh, to your local state senators and your city council people. Hopefully you've taken the time to figure it out. And if you haven't, hopefully you figure it out before tomorrow. When you go into the booth, don't let media, don't let people like me even, don't let anybody shake you from what you feel is best. And your vote, your voice, your decision. These candidates had to go out and earn your vote. So, make sure that they earned it. After tomorrow comes and goes and we know who the president is, we know who our new representatives are, it's not over. The world isn't over, but neither is... This political gridlock that we're in. So, it's time for us to stand up, figure out what we want, start pushing forward that quality. That's how we make progress. Thanks for listening, guys. Like, share, comment, and I'll see you next week, if not sooner. Tomorrow is election day. FritzCast. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Follow along at the FritzCast Facebook page and on Twitter at FritzQS.